Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Well, Jesus never asked an innocent question. And the question that he asked this morning is about as tough as it gets. Jesus is in Jerusalem. And he's asked the religious authorities, who do they say the Messiah is? And he stumped them with the back and forth that went on between them. And then he launches into a statement about the religious authorities. And it's almost like the opposite of the Beatitudes. Remember the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst now, blessed are those, blessed are those, blessed are those. He preached that sermon up north in Galilee, up in flyover country, where they listen to country music. And uh, real people. But now here he is in Washington, D.C. He is in amongst the elite. Those who know everything and make it their business to know everything about everyone and tell everyone what they're supposed to be doing with their lives. I won't read the entire 23rd chapter because it's a little rough. So instead, I'm going to just read you the roughest part. Hear the word of God as it comes to us. And it's all in red letters. This is all the words of Jesus. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Blind guides, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are so careful to clean out the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence, you blind Pharisees. First wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we had lived in those days, our, the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets. But in saying that, you testify against yourselves that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets, Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. Snakes, son of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? 
Therefore I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of the religious law, but you will kill some by crucifixion, and you will flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. As a result, you will be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all times, from the murder of the righteous Abel to the murder of Zechariah, son of Bechariah, whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. I tell you the truth, this judgment will fall on this very generation. O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Blessed on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. May God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. Well, I've done a lot of looking and researching and asking, why, why is the church going down? Why is attendance in steep decline? Why is it that, that people just don't care about the church anymore? And you get all kinds of answers. Depending on where you read, there's all kinds of speculations on the internet. And George Barnout in California does an does a ongoing research. But he affirms that church attendance is in decline, and there are a number of reasons. But one of them that always seems to show up is that people don't want to feel judged. They don't want to be judged. They don't want to wander in to a place that's full of scribes and Pharisees. And, and I think it's because we already feel so much stuff ourselves. We already feel stuff. We already feel badly enough about things we've done. Last thing we need is to go to some place that's going, going to make us feel worse. And the church is supposed to be in the forgiveness business anyway. So often, the church is, it loses its way. The church loses its core responsibility. Now think about those words that Jesus said. You know, what, what sorrow, woe to you, woe to you. That's the old, that's the King James version. I, like, I should have done King James. You know, woe to you. <laughs> But who's he talking to? He's not talking to those, those people whose lives are falling apart, who are struggling. He's not talking to those people who, who are having a hard time with that, with that wineskin. He's not talking about those, those people who've been married five times. He's not talking to those people who are struggling with the realities of the human condition. Those were the people he spoke to up in Galilee. Now he's talking to the religious elite. He's talking to those who think they've got it all together. Those who would have the audacity to, to be judging other people for their shortcomings. When they're blind to the shortcomings that they themselves have managed to cover over. They have no sense, no awareness, 
because they've been living in this echo chamber of the temple where all they do is talk about different aspects of the law and that what other people are doing. Self-righteous people are experts in the behavior of others and absolutely naive to their own stuff. And so Jesus calls them to account and, and calls upon them to open their eyes because they are blind. And in their blindness they are incapable not of seeing the sin of others. They're incapable of seeing their own. Let's face it. We see the sin of others so easily. All of us do. We all see things that others do. And oftentimes we don't see the blind spots within ourselves. We don't see it ourselves. So Jesus, in speaking to these people, says, How will you escape the judgment of hell? You snakes, brood of vipers, he says. How will you escape the judgment of hell? That's rough language. We're not used to that coming from Jesus. We're, we're used to the uh, sweet Jesus, meek and mild stuff. We're not used to this, this really tough Jesus going eyeball to eyeball with these people. These people who have put themselves in power and put themselves above others. How will you escape a judgment of hell? Rather than speculating at this point about what hell means... Whether if we go down far enough, we're going to get there, drill down. I mean, who knows really what is on the far side? I think there's far better speculation about the nature of heaven than there is about the nature of hell. But this I do know. That those who have put themselves in a position of being judge of others, who are in a constant mode of, of criticism, who are constantly looking out beyond themselves and looking for others' faults. They have put themselves in their own personal hell. For they have isolated themselves. They've become lonely. They've become those who, who cannot bridge out. They've become those who worry that associating with others might pollute them. And they have put themselves into their own personal little hell. And Jesus says, how are you going to get out of that? And likewise, those who constitute the circle around them, they only talk to one another. They only hear each other. They only view life through the eyes that, that they share with those around them. And they're incapable of seeing that, that one of the best things that can happen in our lives is to be wrong. To break our preconceptions. To break our understanding of other people and what they're really like. To to move into a whole new way of living and a whole new way of seeing things. But instead, Jesus asked him, how do you break out of that? How do you get out 
of that hell that you have surrounded yourself with. And then with that also is this very tough warning of Jesus that we are best not to water down or explain away. And that is that warning. Now what if? What if when it's all over? That's where I end up. In that place of utter separation from God. In that place where I have to live with the full consequences of my putting myself in God's place and passing judgment on everyone around me. Remember that when Adam and Eve were in the garden, the temptation was for them to take of that fruit, and in taking of that fruit, they would be like God. And we take of that fruit every time. Every time. We allow ourselves to go into that place of harsh judgment toward another and don't hold our tongues in our attitudes and, and wait and, and find out how we might understand the other and instead how we might express love to the other just as Jesus did. If anything, I think that this text is a, a rather stern statement to all of us that we make sure that we're on Jesus' side. That we're on his side. That we, we do things, that we develop an, our attitudes, that we behave with our lives, we behave toward one another, and that we're acting on Jesus' side of things. That we're not amongst that self-righteous crowd. That Jesus himself got finally red-faced over and told them, Woe to you, hypocrites. How dare you? When all of that judgment that they were meeting out was against one such as that woman who was caught in the act of adultery, broken, Weeping, needy, when they would crush one who is already crushed. So we stand upon the side of those who are broken, those who are crushed. Because if we have any self awareness at all, if we have any sober self evaluation, that's what we know about ourselves. In short, we need Jesus. We need him. And we want to be on his side. Will you join me in prayer? And Lord, you also were crushed. We have here the bread and the cup that represents the reality of what the human community did to you. But by your redemptive power, you came forth and you identify with us and you make us new. Thank you, O oh Lord, for your redeeming love. We pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.